Howdy folks, welcome to episode 11 of the Sheepsville podcast. Yes, I know, I've waited another fucking week, but I do have a reason again. Uh, You know how in the last episode I mentioned that I was staying in that flat until my actual flat was ready. Um, and I said that after delaying the 10th episode that there wouldn't be another delay for the 11th, uh, I ended up moving on the Friday. So, (laughs) I was basically all Friday, the Friday morning I was moving my stuff from the storage place into the, the flat. And then all day Friday, I was basically, the rest of the day on Friday, I was just basically unpacking stuff and getting the flat all sorted out and that. And then the rest of the weekend, I was basically sorting out fucking bills and getting stuff like organised, like with the electric and the council tax and all that fucking fun shit that everybody has to do. Um, and, yeah, and then I was working during the week. So, here I am. I'm back with episode 11, and this time there shouldn't be any more delays. We should be back to the weekly thing, because um, the only thing I've got to to happen next Friday is that's when I'm getting my broadband installed. But that's not going to take all day, is it? I fucking hope not, anyway. Hopefully they send somebody around that's actually fucking competent. Um, so yeah, once that's in, installed or whatever, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get it done beforehand, because I don't think they're coming until after one o'clock. So hopefully if I'm not too tired after working the Thursday night, I'll be up early enough on the Friday and I'll be able to record the podcast before the broadband guys come up. Um, And we'll be back to the whole, like, every Friday fucking podcast shit. But I hope the delays have allowed people to the time to catch up um, if uh, if they've been busy. But then, and then those people can't moan about me not being able to record the podcast every week because they can't even fucking listen to it every week. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, I'm in my new flat now. Uh, everything's kind of rosy apart from there's no hot water coming from the fucking taps. Uh, the shower works, which is weird. Like the shower works fine. The hot, if anything, the shower's too fucking hot. Um, it's one of those weird things. It's like it's obviously got the dial that you turn for like the heat and the pressures and stuff, but it's like it's one of those where like it clicks into like the next notch on the dial. Rather than just you can set it to wherever you want, like it's flexible. 
you've got to go to the actual like till it clicks, and there's only like from like it's like it goes from freezing to oh, we're getting there to I you fucker that's burning the skin off us. So it's either you have fucking blisters on your back or you come out with a fucking cold. A sniffling and anything. So yeah, I've gone for the the hot option on that one. But unfortunately, hot isn't an option with the taps. Because it's a a proper old school water tank in here. Like fucking... It's even got 1938 written on it. It's probably when it was fucking made. Um, but the annoying thing was, like, it took me ages to find the switch on the wall for, like, the immersion heater. And uh, the annoying thing is that had been switched off. Like, you think of all the things to keep switched on. Like, they left the bathroom light on before I turned up. The people who were in doing the inventory checks or whatever... They'd left the bathroom light on. But they'd thought, oh, I better fucking switch off the, the immersion heater. What fucking knobs? What the fuck would you do? But yeah, we'll leave the bathroom light on, though, because that doesn't run away with any electricity. Fucking idiots, man. So anyway, I think what's happened is because they've switched that off, it's, it's fucked with the, the heater settings or whatever like that, so... The landlord's coming up tonight to have a look at it and see if he knows what's going on. If not, we'll probably have to get, like, the fucking people who installed the water tank. If they're still alive since 1938. Uh, But apart from that, everything's, everything's rosy. The first couple of nights in here, though, were weird. It's my first time proper living alone. Like obviously I was I was on my own in that other flat, but I knew fine well that it wasn't a, wasn't my place and it felt like I was just kind of staying in a hotel. But now that I'm actually living on my own, paying bills, um buying stuff like fucking toasters and microwaves and kettles and shit. Um Fuck, I think I'm getting a shower curtain and everything delivered today as well. Bacon trays and oven gloves and stuff like that. It's all a bit fucking weird. I'm used to just buying absolute shite that you, that, you, that nobody needs. So to actually be buying stuff that I actually need is quite, uh, quite a turnaround. But, uh, but yeah, like, like, and I kind of, like, um, I've always kind of been a bit of a loner, so living alone isn't too bad, like, like, it's, it's just, it's a lot better in the sense that, like, I can live by my own rules, I can sort of be like, right, there's nobody, there's nobody around to basically be like, no, don't be eating that at that, at that time, no, don't be switching that on. Turn that off, put that over there. I can just, everything's to my specifications, to my standards. I can make my own rules and do whatever I want. Well, not whatever I want, obviously. I can't have, like, fucking 
blood orgies or something in here. But you get my drift. Uh, yeah, it does like. But to be fair, like as someone that someone that regularly struggles with the mental side of fucking being alone and stuff, because technically I am alone. I can go into a fucking stadium full of people and I'll be alone. Because loneliness is not so much that you've got no friends and you don't see people at all and you don't talk to people. Loneliness is that you live alone in your life in the sense that you're not going home to anyone. It's just you. And you occasionally see people. If that makes any sense. So like I'm I'm not gonna lie, I do have my struggles with that sometimes then like the then the mental health department. Um but like I, like it's off and on, it's like and it's never really sometimes it could be a bit overwhelming, but other times it's like yeah. At least I've got nobody nagging me. <laughs> There's pros and cons to this fucking living alone shit. And, uh, but I think the pros outweigh the cons. At the moment, at least. The only thing that, the only thing that does kind of, like, still annoy me, and it probably will annoy me for a good while, is the whole, like, is the being paranoid about somebody breaking in. Because I'm on the ground floor. In a tenement building. So, if somebody's wandering about the streets thinking, I could go be robbing someplace and maybe stealing some, a couple of bits of furniture because for some reason my life is that shit that I would love to go and fucking shift furniture about for nothing. Who in their right mind as a hobby goes and, goes and lifts fucking tables and armchairs and on? So it's not fun. I've done it enough times in my fucking life to know that it's probably one of the worst things on the planet behind genital mutilation and cancer. Slash racism. You need to put the racism stuff in there because that's top of the agenda just now, is it? But you get what I mean. It's, it's, it's not good. So the fact that there's people wandering about the streets going like, oh, we'll do some fucking unwanted, unwarranted removals. Like some sort of fucking low-budget back-alley Pickford. But, uh, yeah, like, being on the ground floor in a flat, it's like, like you're kind of in the firing line with that stuff. Because even though they like moving stuff, they're not going to want to move it down, up and down flights of stairs. The less stairs, the closer you are to the exit, the fucking better for them. So I'm one of, I'm one of those people that, eat, whether I'm in or I'm out, every possible fucking lock that can be locked on the door is locked. Because uh, that's one of those things as well where, like, being in a, a tenement building with flats. It's like 
you all you don't want some fucking random person that you've never met before getting the wrong flat or something like that and just fucking wandering in. That's why I always make sure the door's locked so that, like, they don't just fucking walk in thinking that it's somebody else's flat. Thinking it's their mate's flat or their fucking grand's flat or something like that. But, uh, yeah. I don't know how long it's going to be before I feel like it's actually home. But, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, at least, at least, if people break in, as long as they just steal shit, like point, like meaningless shit, like they steal a couple of DVDs. Yeah, fine, fucking take them. And I got fucking plenty of DVDs anyway, Blu-rays and fucking shit like that. Just don't touch my laptop, my phone, or my fucking PlayStation, or the telly. Actually, the telly is probably one of the first things they would take. As is the laptop and the PlayStation. Oh well. At least I know they won't touch the fucking bed because it's a fucking nightmare. Um, But yeah, I would rather the fucking stole shit than came in with a fucking kitchen knife like fucking Michael Myers. With a psychotic look in their fucking eye. At least if they're going to do that, I hope I'm not in. But uh, speaking of that, uh, I saw a fucking poster in some news articles, fucking things, um, about the the next Scream film that they're going to be making. And... Uh, I'm actually excited for it. I'm looking forward to Scream 5. Um, I'm not so fucking bothered about like the, the news of like, oh, Courtney Cox and David Arquette are fucking returning and whatever that other fucking lassie's name is that plays the fucking policewoman or whatever. Um, or the sheriff. Dep- lead deputy or what the fuck is her name? I can't remember. But, um, I don't even remember what our role is, that's how good I am. But, uh, yeah, Scream 5, it looks fucking, I, I can't wait. Because I, like, see, t- see at first when I was younger, when the Scream films were coming out, I fucking hated them. I thought they were the, the most fucking stupid f- films Ever. Like, I would watch them and I would be like, why are you going into that room? Why are you not turning the light off? Why did you shut the door behind you and and, and act like it just slammed on its own? What the fuck is going on? What, what, like, oh, we're we're in a building, there's a a serial killer running loose. Let's split up. Yeah, what a fucking idea, eh? Safety and numbers and all that. Like, let's fucking park that and uh, let's just go on our own and fucking be basically a prime fucking target for the cunt. I never ever got it, but I later realised through watching them again and obviously reading up on them and stuff, uh, watching interviews 
with uh, casts and then Wes Craven and things like that. Um, that is satire. It's satire of the horror genre. The serial killer sort of like tropes in those kind of films. It's like it's kind of weird when you think about it because Scary Movie took the piss out of Scream. But Scream in itself was a piss take of horror, of those kind of horror films. The Who Done It, serial killer rampage kind of thing. But I guess the, the, the easiest way to put it is that Scream was subtle. The Scream films are kind of subtle in their piss taking. It's like you have to be, it's, it's one of those if you know, you know. Sort of things like like if if you're not if you're not in the loop then you, it's easy to just look at it on fa- at face value and go this is a, a absolute load of shit. This is like th- these characters are fucking stupid. This plot is stupid. Everything about it is fucking stupid. But if you know that it's supposed to be stupid, that it's making fun of itself. Um. And sort of being like, yeah, this is how fucking stupid people are in these in these films. Um, it's like all oh, that re- the really tongue in cheek sort of side of it. Then there are much much more entertaining watch because there are jumpy bits. Like the, like it is scary at times in that like the films, but like and it's obviously like some of the kills are pretty gory and all that, but. I think like like I've they've, I've they've grown on me as I've grown they've grown on me, and uh, I started to appreciate them once I knew what they were really about. So I'm looking forward to Scream Five. Um, I do like horror films. I've got a bit of a love hate relationship with horror films though. Like it's 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 weird like because like I do consider myself a horror fan, but. I f- like at the same time I fucking hate horror. If that like I know that makes absolutely zero sense whatsoever. Basically, the more sort of camp and outlandish. I mean, no, that's not like because like there's a lot of outlandish films that I fucking hate. It depends on the type of horror. Like, I, I'm a big fan of, like, the old school 80s, like, sort of slasher films. Um, Like, Scream sort of re- re- reinvented them in the 90s. Um, By taking the piss out of them, subtly. But, like, you know, like, the Friday the 13th films, the Nightmare on Elm Street films, the Halloween films... Those are my cup of tea. And because for me, they're, they're as funny as they are scary. Like, you can watch them and some of like the deaths and the scenes in it, are like, I will give you nightmares. Especially if you're younger and you're watching them. Like, they will stick in your head and you'll, and you'll sort of, they'll pop into your head when you're sleeping and you'll wake up and you'll go, oh, what the fuck? Um, and stuff like that, but 
at the same time they're so camp that you end up laughing about it as well. Um, and that's what I like about them. Like I like the sort of campy nature of them. Like that, I, I like that they're like that they're like thrilling and they're edge of the seat, and you don't know where the next jump's coming. But I also like that they don't take themselves too seriously. That it's just a bit of sort of like harmless, like fucking midnight entertainment, like sort of thing. Uh, that's both funny. It's like because because I think horror and comedy is like the best combination for me. Like that's why like my favorite film, or one of my favorite films of all time is Shaun of the Dead. Because that blend of like the fucking gory zombie, fucking terror, and just jokes and gags is the, the absolute perfect combination. The juxtaposition of that, like, the contrast is just, like, just makes it for me. Because, like, it's sort of like saying inappropriate things at inappropriate times. Like, that's what gets me. That's, like, what makes me laugh. Like, when they're outside the pub and they're trying to get in and they're pretending to be zombies and they're trying not to, like, sort of give away that they're not zombies. Um... And then Ed's phone rings. And he actually takes the call and he's sitting there in front of all the zombies where they kind of get into the pub. And he's like, oh, no, I've got nothing, mate. No, I don't have anything now. And all the rest of them are just looking at them. Looking at them, just fucking being like, what the fuck are you doing, mate? And he gets a phone slapped to his hand and it turns out the zombies are all fucking staring at the fucking... People trying to get in the pub is fucking brilliant. Just stuff like that just really, really makes me laugh. Uh, but like the, the kind of horror that I fucking hate is like those kind of fucking demonic possession stuff and the haunted spirits and fucking some demons crawled up a fucking wooden doll's ass and fucking. Now it's firing splinters about the fucking place and the fucking priest's got to come and fucking coax it out of the fucking wood. I fucking hate those films. The only good one was the, like, the Babadook. That was another one where I thought it was kind of like... Like, I saw the funny in it. Like, like, like there was a... I, I was sat and watched it, like, people go on about, like, oh, it's one of the, like, it's it constantly see it on lists of, like, the, the best horror films of the last fucking ten years or whatever. Um, but to me, it's not really a horror film. It's, I enjoyed that film so much for all the wrong, all the wrong reasons, all the reasons that weren't intended by the filmmakers, I'm sure. Because to me it was sort of like The Conjuring meets Home Alone. Especially towards the end. When the wee boy fucking starts setting traps for his possessed mum. Leading down to the fucking basement. Fucking rattles her in the head with a cricket ball and everything. It's absolutely fucking hilarious.
So yeah, like but like the fuck the conjuring the Annabelle, fuck me. What a shower of shite that is. I don't I, I don't really understand the whole like fucking being afraid of dolls thing. Yeah, they're creepy. They've got creepy expressions on their face and I'm like, ah, what do you expect? They're dolls, they're gonna look fucking blank and fucking stary. They don't have fucking eyelids. Nah, that's not true, some of them did. Remember those dolls when they, when they brought them out and they, they all looked real and everything? The ones that you, you poured water in and it actually pissed out of a place. That's when you want to be afraid. When you're lying in bed and there's a doll sitting in the corner pissing itself. That's scary. Otherwise, those films can fuck off. Coming soon to Sky Pacific, an adventure of mentally challenged proportions. One moron's quest to advance humanity that promises to thrill and frustrate in equal measure. Ellen Mosk embarks on a dangerous sea-bound voyage to attain the key to our future, the secret oven chip with everything on it. Before it can literally be drilled into our skulls, Captain Birdseye is on hand to lend his ship and the magical sword of a thousand fish fingers to aid Ellen's journey of arrogance and stupidity. Get ready to set sail with Sky Pacific's Mong River. Coming soon, apparently. Right. I'm about to go on another rant about the fucking radio. It's got to be done. Because yet again, it's getting right on my fucking tits. After two and a half weeks off work, and not having to put up with all that pish, hearing the same song seven times a day, listening to the fucking horrific chat with the DJs and fucking their producers and all that shit. Going back to that has been a fucking living hell. It's, it's made me realise as well, like, because basically, like, like, I'm glad that I'm on the back shift because... It doesn't seem as bad, like, as the day goes on. The music's still fucking awful, but in terms of, like, the the talking and chatty bits, it doesn't seem as terrible. It's still bad, but not as bad. Um, so, because I'm on the back shift, I only hear, like, the occasional adverts for like the, the, the morning shows and uh, Absolute Radio I've got the Dave Berry breakfast show and I swear to fucking Christ the, the, the only word that comes into my mind is insufferable because it's fucking atrocious the amount of fucking drivel they spout on that show and it made it's made me realise how if if ever there was a day where 
someone listened to this fucking shite podcast and thought, oh, he's got a really nice flowing voice and he doesn't stutter or fucking ooh and ah and uh and everything. Um, let's fucking get him on the radio. He'd be a good radio DJ. If that was, if for some, if, if on some parallel universe that was to happen, then I would be praying to whatever fucking God was would listen that I'm not on the breakfast show. I'm not an early morning DJ. Because the fucking barrels that they scrape for patter on these shows is fucking incredible. Honest to fucking God. There was one, I remember there was one feature where they would fucking, they would ring up um, some random club. Like they would, look, they would search on the internet and they would look for like, the, the, I don't know, the fucking... The Wire Coat Hangers Club. Did you see just stupid shit like that? Like the fucking, like there was one, I'm sure there was one where like, this these people that were fucking into pylons, like electricity pylons. And there was an actual club of like, where people would fucking send in their photos of the pylons in their area and fucking, did that fucking... I don't know, maybe they, maybe they do toss off to them or whatever, either I can. Um, but they would phone them up and they'd, be, and they'd ask to be a member and everything like that. would be, what have I got to do to be a member of your fucking club, mate? Oh, I like electricity pylons, is that enough information? And then in the background, all the other fucking DJs, I don't know why they need more than one, to be honest. Like, there's about fucking 50 in that room. When Dave Berry's on. Uh, they're all fucking pissing themselves laughing. Ha ha ha, this is the funniest thing I've ever fucking heard. And it's fucking tragic. It's just like... None on an early morning show is that funny. It can't be. Because of the limitations and the restrictions. On language and content. Nothing's ever been that funny early in the morning. It just fucking winds me up. How they can actually sit there. And. How they're fucking side splitting over the most useless fucking. Unfunny shite. And then after that, it gets slightly better, but then you've still got, like, you've still got the DJs fucking speaking about everything like it's the best thing ever. That's what annoys me about it. It's like, it's like they're constantly selling you on stuff. The DJs themselves are advertisers. They're not just fucking giving you information, like, fucking telling you, like, oh, this is what's coming up next. That's what's been on. Here's a fucking prize you can win. 
answer this question. Let's have a wee quiz. It's it's, it's not just stuff like that. Like they're, they're they're fucking giving you the hard sell on stuff. Like sitting there trying trying to convince you that ACDC are the fucking best band that's ever lived, or Ben Burrell, he's a fucking insufferable fucking twat as well. Constantly pulling the lid off at our fucking oasis. Like on, on all he does, right? Any other band that you can think of on planet Earth, all you'll do is play their hits. But when it comes to Oasis, he's playing songs that haven't even been released. So this is one of the best B sides. A, nobody cares. Okay, no, nobody gives a fuck. Because Oasis are shite and nobody's really bothered about songs that aren't on the fucking albums and shit. Um, and B, that's your opinion. It's the, the way he states it like it's scientific fact really fucking annoys me. So, this is probably one of the most underrated singles of theirs. Ben, go and shove a fucking cactus up your japs eye, you fucking asshole. Leave people to their own thoughts, let people make their own minds up. Because I've certainly made my mind up that you're a fucking bell end. Fucking Ben Burrell on that, you fucking duffer. He's not even old, but I just like saying that phrase. Um. But yeah, they, they just fucking... Radio DJs just piss me off. And I would never want to be one, but if I ever became one, I would hope that I would bring some fucking... integrity to the role. Try and make it fucking... a bit more... tolerable... for people. A bit more honest and genuine. I tell you what the worst thing is now though, being at work and listening to the radio, is there's a guy that sits opposite me, the desk opposite me, and he's one of those that can't just listen to music in silence. He's got to at least hum along to the song. Out loud. That fucking drives me nuts as well. I don't understand people that are like that. Fair enough, like the the, the toe tapping and the fucking tapping on your on your knees and and that kind of stuff. But no, the fucking singing and humming. He's just like, and he's one of those, it's like, it's like he's, it's like he's heard every song there is to hear. It doesn't matter what comes on. It could be Lionel Richie, it could be Black Sabbath, it could be Slipknot, it could be Depeche Mode, it could be David Bowie, it could be Christina Aguilera, it could be fucking Neo. Doesn't matter. 
He fucking knows it. Or at the very least, he likes to pretend he knows it, which is even worse. There's nothing worse than somebody with a singing habit doesn't know the song but tries to sing it anyway. Oh, that's just... Especially when you're in work. It's bad enough that I'm, I'm sitting there having to listen to the fucking shitey radio. Listening to We Could Be Days Where Did We Step for about the 40 millionth time that night. Without having to fucking listen to fucking Mr. Prickhead opposite me fucking regurgitating the fucking shitey lyrics that I'm having to hear on the radio even in an even worse manner than, than I'm hearing from the speaker. Fuck that. It's bad enough that I'm in work. I've got to fucking put up with that pish as well. It's an absolute fucking disgrace, honestly. The amount of times I sit there and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, are you going to shut the fuck up? I just want to fucking pick up a mould tool and just fucking batter his fucking skull in me. And then again, you'd probably be like a smoke alarm or something like that, where like you, you fucking beat his brains into the point where his fucking heart thingy, his monitor flatlines, and, he, and somehow he's still sitting there going, <laughs> Fuck. It was National Suicide Prevention Day yesterday, and I'm not condoning people committing suicide, but see people that do that, fucking kill yourself. I'm, I'm, I'm only joking, it's, that's harsh. Don't kill yourself. Just shut the fuck up. Put a fucking cork in it. And that'll do you. Before I kill myself. Whistling as well. I've never, I didn't understand whistling. Why people constantly find feel the need to whistle? There's a fucking cleaner in my work. You're sitting in the canteen and the can there's no radio or TV or anything like that in the canteen, so you're just sitting scrolling through your phone. But like I swear to god, this woman whistles louder than anything. Louder than anyone I've ever heard whistle. If the fire alarm went off, you'd fucking miss it. Because you'd think, oh, that's just her fucking whistling again. Fucking. I don't. Where do people get these habits from? I don't, I don't understand. Don't fucking understand. Another thing that's happening in work, I think. I'm going to be on the back shift until the end of the year. And then next year, we're getting the fucking. Perspex fucking screens installed between the desks so that we could all go back onto the one shift. The day shift. I 
I, I'm, I'm getting pretty sick of this fucking COVID-19 shit. Sick of hearing about it. I'm sick of fucking masks. I'm sick of wondering how how I'm supposed to breathe, how I'm supposed to fucking cough, how I'm supposed to sneeze. It's just all getting a bit fucking overblown and Oh, it's just it's just a pain in the arse now. Cause it just all feels pointless. Well not pointless, but like it just seems a bit extreme. And now they've got now they've put like they've done this rule of six now. We're back to the we're back to the stages where you're only allowed gatherings of no more than six people. Which is fine by me because any more than six isn't I just want to fucking start punching pusses. I just go off my fucking nut and I'm like that nut. Where's my noose? Where did I put it? Is there anywhere I can hang it from? Because I hate crowds. I hate people. <laughs> to be honest. But crowds. Crowds of people are the worst. Um, but yeah, so it's all just like... I think like... In my opinion... Now I'm not I'm not I'm not going to be one of those people that I never have been one of those people that's went around saying fucking it's not real. Like the coronavirus is made up and fucking for control and all that fucking conspiracy bollocks that I've spoke about before. But I don't think that's really the problem. I I, I don't think coronavirus is the problem so much as the fact that we started counting is. Because if you look at the flu and stuff like that, it's like, that kills people all the time. Like, uh, there's other illnesses and other diseases that you can catch just as easily as coronavirus that kills people. But we're not sitting there looking at a screen constantly being updated with the figures. Oh, it's killed this many people today. Oh, this many people have caught it today. But the fact that we're getting that information with coronavirus is is only adding to the panic and sort of breeding it. If we didn't know the numbers, we wouldn't give a fuck. The fact that we're being bombarded with stats and, and fucking figures is just blowing our minds and just being like, well, we're trying to quantify everything. Oh, piss off, Ross. Not you, Ross. My mate, Ross. Apparently my driver, Ross, from Amazon is delivering a parcel. And it's just fucking vibrated this fucking podcast. I forgot to put on the do not disturb thing. Oh, well. Uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, yeah. Like we 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 shouldn't. We need to stop counting. At the very least, the people that need to know the figures should be counting. We shouldn't be getting told this many people have got cases, this many people have died. We don't need to know that. 
You'll get those people that come out and say, well, your public have got a right to know. Yeah, we've got a right to know, but we don't need to know. Why do you want to know how many people have died and how many cases there are? Unless it's absolutely astronomical, I don't give a fuck. That's what's caused the fucking panic. Are these... There's just too much information. This is why I don't watch the news. Because you just... It just fills your head with all this fucking... Just bad story after bad story after fucking misinformation after misinformation and your brain's like fucking scrambled egg. You're trying to make sense of it all and you, it, it just fucking... It's just terrifying at that point. Because you don't know what to fucking do. That's the problem. That's more of a problem than what the actual virus is to me. And then you've got the, and then you've got the whole like sort of people battling each other and looking for arguments, being like, "I say, like, no, my side's right. No, we're the winners." In my opinion, we should just be going about our lives as normal. Maybe taking a, a few extra precautions, like fucking maybe using using hand sanitizer now and then, and wearing a mask in certain circumstances, but. Apart from that, everything should just be back to normal. Because I don't think coronavirus is just going to disappear like that. It's going to take time, and we're and like and like every like every other disease and illness out there. It's like we're probably just going to have to live with it. And I was rather go about my life in a normal, enjoyable way with that risk involved than be basically locked indoors or only allowed to see a certain number of people every so often, um, not allowed out of my own country or, or, or else I've got to fucking quarantine for two weeks and not get paid for my work. It just seems a, a miserable existence to me. Constantly living in fear of something. It would be like if I never left my flat because I was scared of the break-ins. You know what I mean? It's a risk you have to take if you want to live your life. But anyway, on that note, I'm just going to wrap this shit up. Um, yeah, that... Like I say, like uh, hopefully like we'll be back to the the week to week podcasts now that I'm all moved in and settled and everything. Uh, and uh, I'll work on getting some more posts up on the blog and shit, and uh, we'll take it from there. So thanks for listening again, guys, and I'll catch you down the road. <laughs>